Hello, we're a little late releasing this episode, so apologies to anybody who has been sitting waiting for it. We did have some technical difficulties where we lost elements of recordings, we managed to recover some and we had to re-record others, so um, hopefully we've managed to cobble something together that will be of interest to you. It's the, it's the Welcome to another episode of the Discussionarium. So this time we thought, as we're coming up to now just over a year since the first lockdown and with restrictions becoming uh, a little bit more relaxed and hopefully uh, being eased over the next uh, few months or so, that what we do is ask some of our guests from the Discussionarium and all the Musicarium to give us their experience of lockdown. So what we've done is we've asked people to leave a message on our new Discussionarium answer machine, which I have to say I found on eBay, um, explaining how they have found lockdown. You know, what have their challenges been? What are their hopes and fears for coming out? Um, and what were the positives and negatives that they experienced uh, going through the last year? When you say this um, answer machine is new, there's rather a lot of dust on it. And it's cassette based. Um, it looks like something out of the late 70s or early 80s. It works, doesn't it? Well, I guess we'll find out as we start to play the messages. So, so on that note, shall we check to see whether we have got any messages? Yes, I think so. Vous avez un message. What's that? That was French, wasn't it? Well, I know it's French. I could work that out. But why is it on the... the oh, you haven't bought stuff off of eBay without actually checking where it's come from, have you? So you've bought a 1979 answer phone from France. Looks that way. Well, I suppose it's all we've got. So uh, let's just go with it. Hiya, this is uh, Tony Jenkins, the lead singer of The New Falls and also Cam I Have. Uh, looking back on what's happened through the pandemic and through lockdown, I, I find myself feeling incredibly lucky. Uh, my family and friends have all come through this ordeal and all are safe and well. Um, I work at a school and being the, the site manager at the school has given me the option to work when I wanted. So even in the initial lockdown, I found I could keep going into work without any pressure on me. Um, I could get, get jobs done that were essential for the school reopening. Uh, but at the same time, no one was expecting me to go in. So I did it on my own free will and found uh, that being able to go into work helped me keep my mental health in a good state. I've also been incredibly lucky that the two bands I work with, uh, New Falls and Camera have, have both been very productive throughout lockdown. We found new ways of working, uh, recording remotely and getting them all sent to Sweden from a friend Christian to put recordings together. So we've come out of, of lockdown with a lot more new recordings, uh, brand new recordings. That we, we found a different way of working to, to make sure those got done. 
worry coming out of of lockdown and trying to get back to some degree of normal is the extent of which things have been forgotten or buried under the carpet. Uh, I'm very happy that the vaccine has proved a huge success. Uh, I've had the first jab myself, but I don't think we should ignore what happened before. Uh, I'm particularly disappointed that throughout it all we managed to push ahead with a mess of Brexit, uh, immigration laws, police bills that really aren't uh, to my liking. Uh, and looking back over the huge failures of cabinet ministers, the fact that none of them are, have lost their job and they're still in their positions is something that worries me deeply. But hopefully it's just me being a pessimist and uh, the future will be a little bit brighter. Thanks very much now. Bye-bye. So obviously it's, it's not our place to talk about the politics side of things, but I think a um, few things came out of that. And we had talked to Tony before in the musicarium and just the fact of the innovative ways that they found to collaborate as as a band, even to the extent of uh, recording some of their uh, tracks individually on mobile phones and then just sending them off to Sweden to be all put together. That's pretty clever, really. I thought that was really clever. I mean, there's so many different ways that people have managed to find um, or new ways they've found of working. Um and um, yeah, doing recordings, like you say, on a phone and then and getting somebody else to stick it together. I just think, I mean, what would we do without technology now? And certainly within, within the pandemic, it really has come into its own. But I, I do think it's quite amusing that he says, you know, that he thinks he's a pessimist. But how can you possibly be a pessimist when he's sitting there going, I'm really, really lucky. I've done all these recordings and I've been really, really productive. <laughs> so it's kind of, do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's like glass half full. Maybe it's just born of the worry for what might happen in the future. And I think, you know, it is that thing of how we come out of this. And, and, and there's a lot of responsibility on people to kind of behave sensibly so that we get through it and, and not walk blindly into a, a, another lockdown. But uh, yeah, anyway, I suppose we better move on to our next next message. I am a manager of five hostels in Milton Keynes and I work with 16 to 21 year olds. Um, I deal with young offenders, gang affiliation, homeless, alcohol, drug prevention, drug abuse, sexual abuse, sexualization, <laughs> sexual exploitation. Um, yes, I have all of them. So uh, I have 52 young people that I look after. <laughs> What are you doing? What are you stopping it for? Well, I paused it because I didn't recognise the voice. I was hoping you could shed some light on who we're actually listening to. All right, okay. So that that's Emily Jane. Um, she's someone who used to come to some of my classes um, when I was doing the fitness instructing um, ah. before the lockdown. Um, okay. I just thought she'd have um, something interesting to tell us. So, oh, shall, okay, carry on. Shall we carry on with her? Yes, definitely. So I've been asked to do a recording of my version of lockdown. So obviously it started for this time last year. And at first it was horrible. I was really scared because I lived alone and I had quite a lot of independence and freedom when I would literally, once I felt lonely or if I struggled, I would go over to my mum's house and just have a cup of tea. I can drop in at any time or to a friend's house, or I would go out and about and fill that time with seeing people. Once lockdown happened, I wasn't 
quite so welcome to just turn up as and when. And that really hit me hard. So the first few months was really hard um, going to work and literally leaving the house only to walk the dogs. I'm also ADHD, so I'm used to being active and out. Um, going to the gym up to 12 hours a week, seeing friends, seeing family, keeping myself busy. So it was real, it was a real struggle watching all the bad stuff on the news and stuff. Um, it played on my mind a lot. Then I started to collaborate together bits of equipment and built an outside gym, which was really useful, but then made me realise, actually, do I need to be paying £38 a month for a gym membership because I've now got one in my garden and I can use it as and when and I don't feel like I have to rush home to let my dogs out or spend time with them. Um, but then when that lockdown lifted and I was able to go back to the gym, I realised just how important being back in those environments was seeing all the different people I knew and having all the different conversations about different subjects and how instead of offloading everything onto one person, I would kind of go around and give a little piece of myself to different people and we would communicate and swap our subjects, I suppose, um, with each other. Um, and then the next lockdown happened and it was winter time, so I really struggled with that. But... Well, I don't think I did struggle, actually. I think I liked it more because I realised then just how alone I am um, living on my own. And it hit me that actually you don't feel like you're alone until you're actually alone. And though, and, and it made me realise that actually I've been on, been on my own for so long, most of my adult life I've lived alone, that it was quite nice not having expectations of me. Nobody expected me to come to their house anymore because I couldn't. Nobody expected me to do the one to pick up my mum and do the shop and do the driving, come here and go there because I live on my own. So it was kind of nice in that sense um, that actually I weren't expected to be the one to drive to people's houses because they have kids or... You know, and a lot of my friends are in couples and a lot of my friends are married and they've got a lot more money than I have and there's two wages coming in, yet I would be almost the one that would drive there. I mean, you could invite them to your house, but my house is small, they've got children, they've got to think about childcare, getting babysitters, or they bring the kids with them and the kids want to touch everything and wind up the dogs and, again, the house is small, so... It's all these kind of strange little compromises that we make, I suppose, with friendships. But it was nice during that period to not have to worry about those kind of expectations and that I had to go and see this person and had to go and see that person because they might get the hump with me because I haven't made the effort to go and visit them. So it was kind of nice in that aspect. And I actually found myself supporting a lot of people who had become single during that time. So in my head, it made me realise that they've only just realised how hard my life is living alone, regardless of whether I'm in a relationship or, as such, which is even harder when you live alone because your independence is what gets compromised. That's what they've got to compete with. You know, when you meet new people, they're not competing with other, other men or ex-partners. They're competing with my independence and, and my... Um, my way of living life and, and how I do things. So, um, so, so yeah, so I started coaching a lot of people through living on their own and, and t teaching different ways of how to fill their time and the positives of being on your own. Um, 
I think the hardest thing again is the fitness side of things and the gym. I, I, I really miss the classes. I miss knowing that I can go to the gym, do a 45 minute spin class and the instructor will be in front of me telling me what to do. My mind can then wander and process and digest the kind of work I do and the kind of things that I go through without having that added thought capacity and having to concentrate because it is hard when you're ADHD you have to concentrate on everything you have to concentrate just just literally everything but when you're in a class you kind of don't you just visually look at the person in front of you and your brain can go off and wander um but again like I said it's more it's more the the friendships and the relationships and and as it's lifting the invites start coming in do you want to come over and and, and I just think actually no I don't you know, I've got used to living on my own. I'm quite happy on my own. I don't want to have to keep leaving my house to go off and visit people. I'm quite happy to feel my own time now. And when I do feel... In fact, I don't think I've felt sad and lonely for nearly six months now. I quite like going to bed at half past seven at night. I enjoy going to sleep because going to bed that early means I can get up super early, like between five and half five, and get out in the early morning sunshine, do a workout have that time to myself but the nicest thing is like I say there's no expectations it's just me my dogs my life go to bed at seven shut your eyes go to sleep and that's the best feeling in the world at the moment that's when the world shuts off that's when everybody disappears that's when your body gets to relax and your mind gets to recharge and you know you get up in the morning have a pint of coffee and jump on your spin bike but um, so at the minute, that's my kind of thought and feeling with the recent lockdown that we've been with. Um, I do look forward to seeing people again, but not in the sense of, I don't know, family and friends. As I, I do look forward to seeing them, but I like a structured life. So um, but that's kind of my um, thought process on it at the moment. I live alone. No one's really bothered during before lockdown. No one cared that you was on your own. No one really gave a shit how hard it was until they became alone and all of a sudden they wanted your attention and they wanted you to discuss how bad they felt being on their own and all you, all I could always think of was but it never crossed your mind that that's what I went through. So, like, before we get to the, the serious stuff about talking about what Emily Jane had to say, um, how many people now have moves like Jagger by Maroon 5 going round in their head and they're just wondering... Where did that come from? If you listen again, you can just hear it in the background. Uh, so that'll be why, the little earworm. I think that was really interesting perspective. I mean, it, someone who started off a little bit fearful at the beginning of lockdown, afraid uh, of being alone, but then sort of realising that actually for herself, being alone works. And, and, and the realisation also that she felt a little bit put upon by people, the expectations upon her to visit them and uh, to be concerned about them when, you know, she kind of maybe feels that, that they weren't that bothered about her. Yes, it's almost like it's a sort of turned full circle. So she was, she was scared of being alone because she had all that freedom. And then now actually she's more than happy to be alone because the freedom that she had suddenly she had expectations that she felt she had to fulfill maybe she's realized there's a different kind of freedom mm. 
One thing I think important is to acknowledge her for the work that she does. I mean, it must be challenging at the best of times, but really in the midst of, of a pandemic and just sort of in a situation where you're coming to terms with like changes in your own life. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do admire her for the work she does. Um, I'm not sure I could do do that type of work. No, me neither. OK, so uh, let's see who we've got next. Hi, it's Mark Fleet here from Lizardbrain. Um, yeah, the pandemic, the lockdowns, etc. has that affected me? Um, well, being quite antisocial, actually, I think I've been really lucky. Work has changed dramatically as a result of the lockdown, but we've managed to make that work for us. So that's we've been very lucky there. Um, but I do see in a lot of other people um, a lot of problems. So. You know, it's really affecting my son and his course at college. Um, it's affecting all sorts of people who I know are really missing getting out and being more sociable. I haven't seen my mum for a long time. All things I'm sure lots of people have experienced. Um, my fear uh, when lockdown ends is obviously based around the fact that we may not have finished the battle yet with COVID. And it worries me when we get mixed messages. So Johnson the other day saying he wants everyone back in the office in a very casual way, despite the government advice being don't go into the office unless you have to. So I don't think people need much encouraging to perhaps not do uh, the cautious thing, which is what I think we need to do. You can see in Europe right now things are kicking off again. Um, so that's my worry. That's my fear. Um, and the more infections there are around the more chance for mutation, of course, that there is, and that that will be what causes us the problem. I think as we stand right now with the vaccination programme, we stand a good chance of things uh, becoming much more reasonable. I think my other worry is this idea of us getting back to normal. Um, normal hasn't been working. You know, our environment is all over the place. It's it's ruined. Um, we seem to be still thinking the answer to every problem for the country is to spend our way out of it. And yet the resources are getting more limited and it's causing problems. So my other fear isn't to do with the pandemic, it's to do with the fact we won't have learned anything. We won't have found new ways of doing anything. And we have to, because it's not just the pandemic that's the problem. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing friends. We went for a walk yesterday, um, saw lots of people out and about and suddenly realised how weird that seemed. Everybody was miles away from each other. No one was being, you know daft uh, but it was actually just lovely to see people so finishing on a slightly brighter note that really was fantastic and that did make me realize that i was missing stuff Alrighty, keep well all cheers i found that quite fascinating because he sort of finished off by saying that he realized that he had missed people being around and he missed stuff as he called it and yet in the opening part of that message, he was effectively saying he was really, really antisocial. Um, so I found that quite interesting that in even in himself, he'd sort of noticed a bit of a change. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's really antisocial, uh, truly antisocial, but I think, you know, probably sort of doesn't mind his own company, perhaps. But I think the thing about sort of seeing lots of people around, um, it's kind of a double-edged thing really because you see people enjoying the sun and the weather and you kind of that's kind of nice 
And then you're kind of thinking, oh, my God, all these people. All of a sudden, it's a bit weird again. But um, I do think he's, you know, he's got a point. What is normal? What was normal? And do we really want to go back to what we had before? I don't, I don't know. As he said, he's in the band Lizard Brain. We had him on the Musicarium. And he's uh, also been able to record uh, some music. And he asked us if we could mention it. So the band is Lizard Brain. And the song is called Featureless Zone. And it's available on Spotify. Who have we got the next message from, Steve? I don't know. You're going to need to press play and we'll find out. My name is Michael Hippolyte and I wanted to share with you my lockdown pandemic experiences. Um, so probably start first off with the negatives and challenges. For me, I'm, I'm very much an, an extroverted person. So I, I love going out, love meeting people. And we've not been able to do that. So I've been stuck inside, especially the first uh, first lockdown, unable to meet anyone, which just made me feel really low and lacking in, in hope. To add to that, we also had the WhatsApp messages of just false information being sent from family member or friends throughout the whole of that first lockdown, which just left me feeling really, really low and lost. Some of the, the, the positives and good things that have come out from the lockdown, I'd say because I've had more free time, I've been very, very busy beforehand, I've had now time to spend on, on doing things that I really enjoy. Like I've always wanted to script write. I've made a movie last year, which is awesome in the lockdown. I'm, I'm currently learning Spanish. I'm working on mindset. So I'm mentoring a few kids um, in the area via Zoom. I've spent so much more free time with family via Zoom doing our regular Wednesdays and Sundays quizzes, which has been awesome. Learning about Harry Potter and also Frodo and all the different um, areas that we've covered over the past couple of weeks. Um, so for me, there's there's positives, there's negatives to the lockdown. And I've I've very much focused on the positive and the good things, which have been a lot more positive and good things than the negatives. Uh, fears of restrictions being lifted. I'd say we've got the vaccine. Yes, they've done a fantastic job so far. I've been vaccinated already and a number of my family members have been also. But still 60% or even higher than that have not been vaccinated yet. So my, my fears are that we will come out of lockdown and, and what may happen is that the numbers may skyrocket again and we may be forced to go into another lockdown. I do, fingers crossed, hope not. And I hope that this is the last lockdown that we've been in and we're going to be going to a better place after this. So I remember Mike from the discussionarium being Mr. Super Positive. Um, and the thing that sort of jumped out at me was actually the first part there of his message when he was sort of saying that he was lacking in hope and actually the amount of communication that he received on WhatsApp because it was it was all about things in the news and and they weren't necessarily getting um, parts of it right, that actually that all made him feel really, really low. Um, and yet he'd always come across as this really, really positive person. So obviously in the initial stages of the lockdown, that made him feel him feel quite down. Um, but obviously, you know, he ended up picking up quite a bit. I think that's an interesting point, isn't it, about the uh, all the misinformation that was flying around. And it kind of has a, a, a kind of link back to our, episode about doom scrolling uh, where you get all this misinformation and it, and it causes anxiety and and a little bit of despair really but in typical mike fashion obviously he's turned a negative into a positive he's um 
got himself doing uh, new projects, uh, learning new languages, as he said. And um, most importantly, and again, to be admired, the fact that he is uh, mentoring kids from deprived backgrounds, which is always a, a great thing. I do admire him for that and all the things that he's done. And actually, it kind of made me, listening to him, kind of made me look a little bit about myself, really, and, and what you just sort of said there. Because when we went, when we obviously first went into lockdown, um, I, I actually wasn't bothered about it at all myself. Um, and I suppose I deliberately kept myself away from the television. I wasn't looking at the daily briefs and updates. I actually kept myself fairly clueless as to what was going on. And, and I just immersed myself in the children and homeschooling. And I loved it. You know, I had Joe Wicks every day, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I really, really liked it. And I think sticking away from the news actually helped. Well, I don't think anybody should hold it against you that you liked a little bit of Joe Wicks in your life. But uh, anyway, I guess we ought to move on and see who's coming up next. So as a lifelong fan of uh, dystopian fiction and a sort of hugely anxious person, I suppose I expected an apocalyptic global disaster in some form or another. Um, I'm not sure my disturbed mind could have come up with one that comprised such a terrifying mix of infectious disease, serious illness and home education. Um, but our lockdown started badly on the the, the 20th of March um, when I got kind of an odd swelling in my leg and ended up in A&E. Um, I also got a call from my hairdresser telling me that the highlights that I'd booked had been cancelled. Um and looking at the three inches of, of grey hair sort of that I, <laughs> I had three months later, I think that might be one of the biggest traumas I've ever experienced. But um, long story short, my bloods were really, really strange. Um, and I, what I was ha what was happening was I was having my first really serious arthritis flare. Um, and what that resulted in was me being basically bedridden for the first six to eight weeks of lockdown um i couldn't have any family to help me i had my kids to homeschool i still had my job to do had to prepare like 27 snacks every day for the kids because my husband was still working um and i couldn't see a real life doctor I, luckily i was under a private medic so i could talk to him on the phone quite regularly um but basically long story short I was having a really, really rough time um, until I could get on the medication that I needed. Uh, I wasn't going to get any better. The problem was that I wasn't able to take the medication because it, it, it put me at much higher risk of COVID. So it took me a couple of months to, to get on um, to the, the, the useful drugs that would, would kind of solve my, my problems. So it was a rough start. Um, so I could feel really negative about it. But in a way, there were some good things. Like if you're going to suffer from a serious illness, the probably the, the, the most, you know, helpful thing is to not have anything to do, which is exactly where we were. Um, we had nothing to do other than be home, look after the kids. Obviously, there was homeschooling, but we didn't have to be anywhere or, or go anywhere. Um, I'd like to say that we grew as a family at this time, but in a way, we did. I mean, we we certainly get on a lot better and can spend more time in each other's company because 
under normal circumstances, we wouldn't have spent that amount of time together. Uh, my husband travelled all the time. Obviously, the kids were at school. They had all sorts of clubs. So, in a way, it's kind of been the making of us as a family because we've been through quite a, you know, adverse situation, um, you know, added to by my illness. And, yeah, we've, we've, we've come out the other side of it. I wouldn't say unscathed. I would say that my mental health has probably, you know, suffered as a result. But it's not been as bad as it would have looked on paper, perhaps. Um, so... As we go into this next phase, I mean, I'm vaccinated now, so we look like we're coming out the other side. In a way, I'm going to kind of miss that not having any, you know, plans, things to do, places to be, because we can't. Um, I think when life gets back to normal, things might be quite tricky because I suffer quite a lot with, with fatigue due to my, my arthritis. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough to go back to that kind of full-on life that we used to lead and I think we will have to make some changes and and to adapt so for me like the standout from from that aside from um Candice having to deal with her condition in a time of pandemic and being an anxious person probably worrying quite a lot about um the possibility of her catching um covid um what stand out from that for me though is that so somebody else looking back at how their life was before hmm. and comparing it to life during lockdown and actually kind of reevaluating and saying, you know, maybe you don't want it to be quite like it was before. And actually it being like it was before could be quite tough and quite hard. So, yes. Um, but also the bringing sort of closer together as a family. So I don't know how that resonates with you. Is that something that you've found? Uh, well, we've always been a very close knit family ourselves anyway, which is, which is great. But, and actually having them around more has been lovely. We've been, you know, our kids are, I think a little bit younger than Candice's anyway. Um, sort of having them at home effectively for almost a year on and off has been just lovely watching them grow and just, you know sort of we've we have timetabled our days to try and keep some structure um but I have to say I do concur with her insofar as it's going to be tough going back to a full-on life you know when things start opening on the 12th of April I just I can just see like one two about six different clubs or six different times that we have to be out of the house doing a club and I'm struggling to find time for my daughter to just do 45 minutes of gym in the evening and yet we're going to have to go out and do this. And I just, I'm, part of me is not looking forward to that at all. From the homeschooling point of view, um, it's something that you've quite enjoyed, isn't it? But I think um, yes. I think from her message, you could kind of uh, get that homeschooling wasn't high on her list of favourite things to do. And I guess that presented its own challenges and, and, and stresses as well. Anyway, moving on. Hi, it's Louise Lavender here. I've had a pretty good lockdown overall because I have a lovely teaching job at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire. I've managed to continue to do that and obviously, like everyone else, got to grips with Zoom and kept my students going. It was quite challenging for them last summer because many of them were doing their final degree recitals and to suddenly have to record those in their back bedroom rather than perform to a live audience 
was challenging to say the least and I felt it was my job to keep their spirits up and um, motivate them to still be the best performers they could. So that was great and we're back in the flesh now as it were um, and I think it's good to know that you can teach on Zoom and if one is away on tour or can't get into the building, Zoom does work. So although I'm a performer, um, um, it's been quite odd not to actually be able to do concerts and shows. I suppose because I'm still motivating young talent, my teaching does feel like performing in its own way. It is a form of performing, being a singing teacher. And also I've been very lucky to do quite a lot of filming, self-filming at home and recording work. So unlike many colleagues who really haven't had any performing work at all and those who have no background in teaching, I have pretty much been able to continue to work. So I realise I am very, very blessed because many people in the arts have had an absolutely blimmin' awful time, haven't they? Um, things I thought I'd miss and haven't, the gym. I've just worked from home and kept fit and I've enjoyed cooking. Um, so we all have to very much find our ways of dealing with lockdown life, don't we? And I think most of us discover we're more resourceful than perhaps we thought we were. My hopes really post lockdown are that we hang on to the simple things in life, keep smelling the roses, um, enjoy what's around us and realising that we don't need the material things that perhaps we thought did fuel our lives in an important way. Um, my fears, I suppose, are for the arts. I think it's going to take a long time for the industry to get going again, and that's going to be tough for my students. There's not going to be the kind of work out there that certainly there was for me when I left college. Um, and I think that's going to be a tough one. But I'm an optimist by nature and... I think we will get there and enjoy performing again before too long. So the industry in which um, Louise works has obviously taken a real beating over this, um, over COVID. Um, and yet she's obviously found a little niche um, for herself within it. And, and, it's, and it's all actually worked out quite well for her, um, kind of thanks to Zoom. <laughs> Zoom seems to have zoomed to help lots of people, um, and it's it's lovely that she's been able to remain positive for her students, um, and that actually she's she's been a bit of a role model for them. So even though they can't necessarily perform to the masses, actually these sorts of things can be done. Well, yeah, I, th I think we've seen that in the way that uh, people have adapted and socialised over Zoom. Businesses have changed and adapted, and people can quite easily work from home now and there have even been concerts and shows and performances over zoom that people have been able to buy tickets for so um yeah i uh, i do concur one thing that louise said about was that holding on to um, the simpler things and i kind of hope that people do uh but I fear that they won't. I fear that as things start to relax, that lots of people will just fall back into the old ways and, and materialistic, um, you know, approach to life. Well, I think we've got a couple more messages left on this answer machine. Um, okay. At least one of them, it looks like, is, is going to be an epic. Um, so I guess we'll see who's next. Oh, yeah. Play it. 
Hi, my name is Mike, and I've been asked by Steve to uh, give some thoughts, I say, about COVID, um, how we kind of coped with the lockdown, the restrictions, the pandemic, um, and then our thoughts, I guess, and hopes and concerns as we start to come out the other side, um, now that the vaccines are rolling out and we're starting to see restrictions lifted. And our story is slightly different because we're at the over in the US at the moment. So we've been in the US all the way through COVID. Um, so probably a bit of a different experience to you guys back in the UK. So we'll share some of that as well. Um, just to give you a bit of background, um, my uh, my wife and I, Sam, we moved out here in the US about three years ago now, um, came out here for work. Uh, initially only a, a temporary contract, not a permanent contract, but we fell in love with where we are in Ohio. So we decided to position a permanent position um, and confirmed that in October uh, 2019. And we actually bought a house then in November 2019, so before COVID hit. And we had some great plans for the house. We were selling up in the UK and we were going to kind of settle here in Columbus. So we found a great house in a great area. Um, we bought a big house, a house that's way too big for just the two of us. Um, something with a, a granny flat or an in-law suite um, as they call it over here and the plan was that we would be able to offer the opportunities to family to come across from the UK and come and see the US and stay with us so we had some great plans actually um, so we bought the house in November uh, completed on that just before Covid hit and very optimistic about the future uh, and what that held for us so as you can imagine, and the same for everybody else, it was a bit of a shock for us when we started to hear the news about COVID, uh, that something was breaking out in China and there was concerns about it spreading. And uh, New York was actually one of the first major areas in the US that got hit with COVID and it began to rapidly spread over there in New York. So there was some great concerns then um, around the, the rest of the US. And obviously we were keeping in touch with family and the news with what was going on in the UK. Um, and, and knew that the, the issue was a, a global issue, I was going to grow into a global issue. So uh, things were going to be quite difficult, I think, for everybody. Obviously, lots of concern because there was lots of unknowns about the virus and what it was like at that point. Um, so everybody was quite fearful. Um, quite fearful indeed and, and we were very concerned about family and obviously the lack of opportunity for us to get back to the UK at all because we were very quick in terms of locking down travel. Uh, here in the US there was a, the, the, again we've got the federal government I guess so you've got Donald Trump in power um, and then you've got all the states so 50 different states all under different leadership and the advice was then obviously uh, from the federal government was to, to lock down as much as possible. So each of the states then took that on board and, and decided the level of lockdown that was needed. And if you was a state that was a democratic state, then the, the lockdown was very severe. Um, everything was closed, all the bars, all the restaurants, etc. Um, all the businesses, only essential services were allowed to be open and, and everybody needed to stay at home. Um, whereas the, the Republican states were slightly more relaxed, I guess, in terms of the lockdown. So, again, quite restrictive. Essential services, only people working for essential services could be travel. Um, and, and the advice was to stay at home as well. Um, 
and everybody was very sensible with it. And, and we've actually only had to go through one major lockdown here in Ohio. Uh, what we've seen then is a relaxing of the lockdown and it's been a methodical approach to it. So as the number of cases drop and the number of hospitalizations drop and the number of deaths drop, then there's kind of been this, this slow opening up of, of the state, which is probably something similar to what the UK is going through now. But we were going through that probably six, seven months ago. So things like restaurants started to open, more recently, the gyms have opened, things like hairdressers and barbers and beauty stores and things like that have opened. So we're somewhere near to normal um, here in the US or in, here in Ohio where we are as well. So more recently, before Christmas, we got a job offer um, out of the blue to go back in the same industry but with a different business. Um, and it was a real challenge for us actually and, and we, we love it here, we love our lives here, but obviously we've not seen family now for, for 12 months at this point because of COVID. Um, and we were obviously worried and concerned and missing everybody and had a big decision to make. So after a couple of months of actually going through the process and all the pros and the cons, etc., as you normally do when you're making a big life-changing decision, I guess, we then made the decision to move back to the UK. So we accepted the job. We've now been working through and going through uh, the process of trying to get back to the UK. So there's myself, Sam, my wife, two dogs and five cats that we've then got to try and get back to the UK. Um, and that's been a challenge uh, with COVID and not only with COVID, but also with Brexit as well. So I guess one thing that has come out of that is that we've definitely become experts in terms of uh, the relocation of pets or international relocation of pets. Lots and lots of challenges along the way with that one. And actually for ourselves as well in terms of finding flights um, and being comfortable to actually fly back across to the UK as well. That's been a challenge. So understanding what the airlines are doing as well to minimize risk for everybody and uh, to make sure that we come back. Lots and lots of COVID tests within a two week period that we've also got to take as well. So we can hopefully end isolation early when we do get back to the UK. So trying to understand as well what the differences are in terms of what we're used to now here in the US with the restrictions that we've got and actually the lockdown in the UK and, and that's one of the areas that does concern us and, and obviously something that we'll need to adjust to and ad adapt to is um, how we then get used to life in the UK so even though things are opening up in the UK I still think that the restrictions are, are, are going to be a lot more um, strict, I guess, uh, to what we're used to here in Ohio. So, again, that's something for us to get accustomed to, and it's going to be a big change for us. Uh, but do think that if if we're, we're going to move back at any time, that this is probably the right time to start to come back, because the UK government do appear to be on top of things, well, obviously, with the vaccine rollout. Um, the, the, the restrictions are coming off. I think if everybody's respectful, then those restrictions will continue to come off as well and we can get back to somewhere near normal. So it's been a, a, a tough a tough 12 months, I think, for everybody. Um, for work, I, I am part of an essential service. So the, the business that I was in was classed as an essential service. So we've had to keep the business going and I'm part of the senior leadership team. So we've got a team, we've got about a thousand people that work for us in the US and, and we've obviously had to make sure that we've tried to keep everybody as safe as possible. Uh, make sure they've got the right equipment, etc. Um, we have lost one individual um, over the past 12 months in the business, which is unfortunate. Uh, very sad time for our team down in Houston. 
and that really impacted the business um, because it is quite a, a close family kind of business. Everybody's really close with each other. Um, and it's been a challenging time um, for the business and obviously making decisions on a daily basis in terms of things that need to be done within the business to keep everybody safe. From a personal point of view, um, we've had to, I have to work from home as much as possible. So again, that, that's something that's been a, a change and something for us to get used to. And um, we've, we've done that very well, actually. Um, and we've had to learn how to do a few other things. And I've had to learn to trust Sam when she's been cutting my hair. So she's been done a great job in terms of cutting my hair in the early days of, of COVID. Um, we've done a lot of work on the house, so we've completely remodeled the bathroom. Um, learned a lot there along the way as well. So again, that's given us a bit more confidence as we go back to the UK and the house that we're buying there in terms of any work that needs to be done there as well. And we've obviously become experts in the use of social media and video conference calls, so Zoom and Microsoft Teams. Um, we've had to get used to that as well. So. Um, Again, there's some new things that we've learned. I'm not going to say positive, but new things that we've learned about how to do things and obviously about ourselves as well. And um, we've built up a good stockpile of board games as well. So in the early days in the lockdown where there wasn't a lot that we could do, obviously we needed to keep ourselves entertained as well. And um, we did that and, and we got through it and we've definitely come through it stronger. Um, learned a lot. And obviously if, if unfortunately we go through anything that's similar again in the future, then we, we've been through this and we've got this experience and Touchwood will come through this experience uh, unscathed. Um, we've been fortunate ourselves, we've been fortunate with family as well. And I know that's not the same for everybody, so we have been fortunate from that perspective. And I'm looking forward to coming back to the UK so we can see family and, and be there for family if they do need us. Um, and, and hopefully get back to normalcy back in the UK in the near future, um, it may be 2022 before we get back, really get things back to normal. But I think as this year progresses, then we will get closer and closer to normalcy and look forward to that as well. OK, so Mike is the husband of Sam, who uh, joined us for the Musicarium. Uh, and I think that's sort of a useful comparison or interesting comparison of, of what it was like for them over there in the US and um, what it's been like here, but also the fact that uh, they're moving from the US back to the UK and uh, all the sort of um, challenges and logistics that that will entail. And of course, those challenges include getting their menagerie back to the UK. Um, but I think it's important to sort of highlight the fact that they really had um, set up a life there and were looking forward to the future. So this move back to the UK is a, is a bit of a wrench. Um, so let's just hope that it's a, a successful one uh, and a happy one. One thing that Mike mentioned that hasn't been mentioned by the others although obviously it's in his wider team you know that they have actually lost someone and at the end of the day we we cannot move away from the fact that this um this pandemic has seen a huge loss of life across the world right well there's one final message but very 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 little tape left so let's hope that whoever's left this last message can get everything they want to say in
Hi Steve, it's John. Um, just doing a little recording for you about how lockdown's affected me and James. For anybody that doesn't know us already, I'm John, I'm 52. James is my son, I'm a single parent. James is 17, has Down syndrome. We struggled quite a bit with lockdown, to be honest. I found it very lonely and very isolating, being cut off from everybody with very, very little support and struggled to keep James occupied and to help him understand what's going on. He's really struggled by not being able to see people that he sees often, to do the regular things that he's done, go to the places that we normally go, and he doesn't understand why he can't do these things. He doesn't understand about a virus. So, you know, he's found it very, very difficult. Um believe we run out of tape right in the middle of John's message. I guess we'll just have to talk about what he managed to record before the tape did run out. I'm not surprised John's found um, it isolating. Um, you know, being a single parent by himself, I know he absolutely adores being with James and um, and adores bringing him up. Obviously, we've done that on the Discussionarium podcast. Um, but doing it all day, every day by yourself without so much support as he usually has must have been quite, quite stressful, quite daunting. Um, fun at times, of course, but very tiring too. But it's it's that thing of not being able to explain to James why he can't do things. And I can empathise with the position John finds himself in. I mean, it's a completely different situation, um, but... With my mother-in-law, she doesn't really understand what's going on with the pandemic. Um, and we'll go up there, pay a visit, and she'll say, does all you fancy going out for a meal? And you have to say, we can't. All the restaurants are closed. All the shops are closed. Just can't go out. And you see the disappointment on her face, and you have to try and explain the situation again. And she goes, oh, oh yeah, no, I remember. And then you go up the next day, and you'll get exactly the same thing. Do you want to go out for a meal? And you have to go through it all. And so that's it's really hard. Yeah, very difficult, very difficult. And then, of course, he's got the challenge of the fact that James needs routine. So, I mean, imagine when lockdown happened first uh, a year ago. That must have really disrupted things. Um, and then you kind of fall into the routine of lockdown and then things start to change and restrictions get eased. So um, it must be hard. Hats off to him. So I think there's some really interesting individual stories there. And underlying quite a lot of it, though, is, is this kind of acknowledgement, whether overtly or kind of tacitly, that things have changed uh, with the world. And I guess it's that thing of, do we accept that change and make adjustments to life based around that? Or do we just kind of go free falling back into what was normal? And I think we kind of touched upon that previously, didn't we? Where, you know, you're saying, well, I'm not sure I'm ready to be able to just be running around taking the kids to this thing and that thing because you haven't been doing that, have you? Well, that does sum it up really well. Um, no, I don't actually want that full on life again. I've, I've come to appreciate it being a little bit slower and actually... Um, I think I'm probably better suited to how life was about 100 years ago when things were a lot slower. That's why you're dressed in your pinny and you've got your kettle hung over your fire, is it? Yeah, 
That's exactly why. And we're recording while you're sitting in your tin bath. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I, I'm, I'm, I probably wouldn't go back quite that far, but, um, you know. It's, you know I, what I mean. Yeah, but I know what you mean, simpler times kind of thing. And it is that, but I I kind of think, like I said, I I kind of fear that people when you know, like when the shops are open, it'll be, well, hey, the shops are open. And, you know, it'll be absolute madness and everybody be piling in trying to spend the money they haven't spent for the last year. And, um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe, um, maybe things will change, but uh, I don't know. Human nature is a funny thing, isn't it? So I think there will be those of us who recognise that actually, you know, we could make changes. And as as um, Louis said, appreciate the simpler things. Um, but I think there are going to be people who are going to just go, oh, brilliant. I can just go and do everything that I wanted to do or everything that I did before. Time will tell. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it will. Back to the rat race soon then. Yes. But on a positive note, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this discussion area. And if you want to get in contact, you can get in contact at info at collieinthecorner.com. You can find us on Facebook. It's the Discussionarium at the Discussionarium. You can message us from Facebook or hunt us down on Instagram, the Discussionarium, and you can message us from that as well. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch. And if you fancy taking part, you can take part. If you've got something really interesting to say, to talk about, then uh, let us know. Or if you want to join us in the musicarium to play four songs that are meaningful to you or uh, are just your absolute favourite tracks, come along and do that. be lovely to have you on board. Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. Bye. The Discussionarium is a Collie in the Corner production, presented by Steve Cullis and Alex Baggs, edited and produced by Steve Cullis. The theme tune and incidental music were both composed using an application called BandLab, which is available in the Play Store, also probably available on the Apple Store too.